0: I don't know some of you might know that but i'm telling you i'm not asking you so that that's usually where you experience so many things in god the power of god is usually just different in a sunday night church service than any other time so when we started this church we knew we couldn't start and go right into sunday night and so when csti came about i was just so ecstatic that okay i may not be running around and swinging from the chandeliers and experiencing the power of god on a sunday night where the musician is going crazy and the, the, the praise singers are going crazy and we're running around and you know people are falling out in the spirit that's got Sunday night services Lord have mercy you an apostolic and you have Sunday night service you go to work on Monday you're no good you barely got there because of what what happened that Sunday night And so we don't have that right now, but CSDI is such a wonderful um, replacement of that for now. And so I I implore you. Get involved and learn as much as you can for the Lord. So you never know what God has in store for you and how he wants to use you. So give God every opportunity to use you. Somebody say amen. 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 Let's stand. We're going to get right into the... No, no, no. Have a seat. Even I fooled myself this morning. We have a traditional way of doing things. Well, the sermon is not traditional this morning, so no standing of no reading this morning. (laughs) Hallelujah! Hallelujah. Oh, I'm so excited about what the Lord is doing. And so we're going to get right into the Word of the Lord. Would you pray with me? Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we want the Word of God to go forth and accomplish that which you wanted to accomplish. We want the power from on high, Lord Jesus, to manifest in this place. God, we're just not here to be religious. We're not here to be traditional. We're not here, Lord God, just to come just to say we were in church, Lord God, for the church are the called out ones anyway. And so, Lord, we're not just coming to this building to, to just say that we were present. But, Lord, we want to truly interact with you today in this service. We want to experience your power. We want to experience closeness and fellowship with you, Lord. We want something to happen to us that, Lord, when we leave from this place today, we said something happened to me in my soul, in my spirit. My mind is now consumed by something else. My talk is just different and my attitude towards people and circumstances is different uh, Lord will you invade this meeting today uh, we don't want it to be a meeting of men uh, but we want it to be a meeting uh, oh God where we meet you where we sit at your feet where we Lord God uh, are enthralled by you and Lord God where well, we're totally submitted uh, under your authority Lord Jesus you know the need uh, of every individual in this house this morning Lord uh, Lord. God. God, whether we admit it or not, we cannot make it without you, Lord God. We cannot live uh, without you. You have sustained us uh, for such a long time, Lord God. And even uh, where we have not acknowledged uh, you sustaining us, we know you have, Lord God. Uh, And so this morning I pray uh, that you will invade and move and do what only you can. Uh, Lord, we pray that there will be a moving, a stirring uh, of the Holy Ghost in our heart, in our soul, uh, in our mind. Lord, have your way this morning. uh, Will you receive our worship and praise uh, for Lord, uh, we will not fail to lift up your name. We will not fail to give you the praise and the honor not just with our lips but with our whole being Lord God will we praise you uh, and magnify you uh, and give you honor Lord. Uh, Oh God there is none like you. Uh, You are the great I am, the everlasting Father. Lord Jesus you are the all powerful. Uh, Oh God you are the all knowing And all present, God. Will you do what only you can do in this place, Lord? We yield and we call upon your name that the Holy Ghost power will be demonstrated, that the Holy Ghost power will be manifested, that the Holy Ghost power will work in this place today. Lord, we are desperate for you. We look to you, Lord, but we have no other source, we have no other resource, we have no other course but to look to you and so lord jesus we look to you help us today for we are helpless and we have nothing lord god to offer but lord we give ourselves to you will you have your way today will you have your way today will you have your way today oh my god in the name of jesus Hallelujah. I feel the power of the Holy Ghost in this place. There's something happening. Uh, Will you open up your mouth and just acknowledge Him that you know His presence is here? Uh, Will you just say, God, uh, I'm aware of Your presence. uh, And Lord, I praise You. And Lord, I honor You. uh, And Lord, I give You the praise. Uh, Lord, I sense Your presence. Uh, Lord, will You do something to me today? Uh, Will You do something in me today? Uh, Will You do something in this place today? Uh, Ah. Oh my God. Hallelujah. 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 In the mighty name of Jesus. In these last days, how can we know if the lifestyle we are living is acceptable to our creator, Jesus Christ? There are more and more opinions being shared as to what one believe is acceptable or an acceptable way of living unto God. The sentiment seems to be, since Jesus loves us and died for us, does it really matter how closely we follow and obey his teaching? As long as we believe in him and obey his word to the best of our ability, we should be all right, right? Question. How many of us really know how much ability we have? We say we are following the Lord to the best of our ability, but the question, how do you know how much ability you have? God gave you the ability. He knows how much ability you have. But you may not know how much ability you have. Some more sentiments is, or more sentiments are, there is no way this loving God will allow us to perish and not save us. So what's all the fuss about with requirements? Why are some saying that this is required and some are saying this is not required and others are saying you need to do this and others are saying you don't need to do that. Some say you have to dress this way. Others say all that is not necessary for God knows my heart. If Jesus loves us so much that he died for us, Won't he accept us no matter what? What is all the fuss about? He understands that we all have different personalities and we do things differently. Just as long as our heart is right, I'm sure he's okay with the actions that may fall short. Why are so many people who say they are Christians, followers of Jesus Christ, seem to have so many different beliefs and live their Christian life so differently? Why? Ephesians chapter 4 verse 4 says this, there is one body and one spirit even as ye are called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. So why are there so many differences in how we live for God? Some say, I'm apostolic i'm pentecostal i'm lutheran i'm catholic i'm baptist why do we have all these things when the bible teaches us if we really follow through that things are to be unified and there's one we just saw the oneness in what we read in ephesians so why do we live the kind of lifestyle we are living, do you know why you live the kind of lifestyle you're living? Do you know you're just following somebody or you know the way you're living is what God is pleased with why are you living the way you're living? Do you know that you're supposed to live that way? The decisions that you make, how you carry yourself do you know that that's the right way? Do we ask ourselves if we're just being religious people or Christ-centered, spiritual people. Religion and spirituality are perpetual enemies. Listen to this carefully. You might want to write it down. Since the module. get get this one. Religion is man's attempt to govern God. Christ-centered spirituality is man's attempt to submit to the governance of God. So when we're religious, we try to govern God. We do things and, and tell God to accept it. We live a certain way and tell God to accept it. That's religion. When you do what you feel and expect for God to say, okay. And you somehow trick yourself to think that's biblical. But all along you're doing what you feel, what you accept, and what you don't accept, and say, God, accept that. But when you're going to be spiritually minded and Christ-centered... What you're saying is, I am doing my very best to submit to God's government, his governance over my life. I'm I'm doing my best to say, God, whatever you say, that's what I'll do. I'm doing my best to say, God, however you want me to do it, that's what I'm going to do. I'm doing my best to say, God, whatever you command. That's what I want. Religion is much Preferred, revered, and defended by the carnal man. When you become religious and somebody asks you something, you kind of get a little upset. When you are religious and somebody challenges your religion, you kind of get a little puffy. But when you're spiritual minded and somebody challenged you, you're under total control because you know what you do is really not up to you. When you do what God says, you're not worried about anything. And when someone says, well, why do you do that? Because I'm trying to please my Creator. I'm trying to please the one who called me into this thing called Christianity. I'm trying to please the one who created me and you and all this stuff that we see. That's why I'm living like this. So if that offends you or you think, I don't know what to tell you. I don't get frustrated. I won't get worried and everything like that. Spirituality. Is more difficult to accomplish than religion is to practice. This is why we don't want to be spiritual because it's difficult to try to go and do something that you don't have control over. It's very difficult uh, to do something that you kind of don't know the way, uh, because Jesus says, I am the way, uh, the truth, and the life. He says, follow me, uh, and I will make you fishers of men. Uh, And so where we're going uh, when we're following Jesus, we don't really know. uh, So it's very challenging. Uh, But if you're going to be religious, uh, guess what? Uh, You're going to make up your own ways of doing things. Uh, You're going to do Do the things that you want and say, God, just accept it. Religion may have appearances of successes because of blessings and gifts that one may receive. I think you may have missed that. Brother D caught it, though. Religion may have appearances of successes because of blessings and gifts that one may receive. But religion is doomed to fail. Why? Because it's man's attempt to govern God. And man don't realize he has tricked himself to thinking he's living for God when he's really trying to govern God. So anytime you're trying to live your life to govern God, you're doomed to fail. You can't win. But we think that we are okay. Why? Because there's blessings and gifts that will come into our life from being religious. I'm getting ready to help you this morning. It's different a little different this morning. Blessings and gifts will flow into the life of religious people. Blessings and gifts will flow in the lives of ungodly people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Listen, we receive wonderful gifts and blessings from God on the basis of unilateral promises. blessings and gifts will flow into our lives because God just said, I'm going to do that no matter what. Don't you worry about it. I'm just going to do it. And sometimes we get it twisted that we can be living a religious lifestyle that we're passing off to 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 be a a, a spiritual lifestyle and, and blessings are flowing and we say, Oh, God is so good to me. Oh, God has kept me. Oh, God has blessed me. Look what the Lord has done. And we walk about and brag on how blessed we are and all that God is doing for us. And guess what? He's doing that for everybody. He's not just doing it for you. He's doing it for everybody. So does that make me all right with God? Mm-hmm. Help us today, Lord. I'm going to show you some proof of what I mean by that. All the reading, even in offering. Everything that you all did today, reading, singing, I feel like it kept the theme of what I'm talking about here today. And you'll see it in a second. Joel. Joel, Joel, however you want to say it. Chapter 2, verse 28. Familiar passage of scriptures. The word of the Lord says, And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Somebody say all flesh. He didn't say some flesh. He said all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also upon the servants and upon the handmaidens in those days will I pour out my spirit. And I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke, the sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and the terrible day of the Lord come. And it shall come to pass. I don't know if you see, there's a change that just went on ships, and it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be delivered. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem shall be the deliverance as the Lord had said. And in the remnant whom the Lord shall call. When he says he will pour out his spirit upon all flesh. Did you see a stipulation in there? Did he say I'll pour out my flesh upon, pour out my spirit upon those that obey me? Did you read that? Did he say, I'll pour out my spirit upon those that live right? I will pour out my spirit upon those that are obedient. I will pour out my spirit upon those who worship. I will pour out my spirit. No! There were no stipulation. He said I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And so I'm here to tell you today if you want the spirit of the Holy Ghost to dwell in you, if you want to receive the baptism of his spirit, you want to be overwhelmed with his spirit, all you got to do is say, God I receive it. And if you really believe it, God will begin to fill you with his spirit. It's no requirement necessary. He can do it just like that. Because he promised that he would do that. Now, There's another time where he had a requirement, but we'll get to that in a second. But in this particular verse, he says, I'm going to pour it out no matter what. You don't have to beg for it. You don't have to ask for it. I'm going to just do it. I don't need your help to do it. I'm just going to do it. So that's why we can come to church and we can worship God and you can say, oh, I sense something going on because he already said I would pour it out. So what you sense is just him just confirming what he said he would do and it didn't matter what kind of relationship you had with him or not. He says, I'm not asking you to have no close relationship with me for that to happen. I'm just going to do it no matter what. So now you understand that. There are promises that God has made to us that have no stipulations and has no requirements so we don't have to go around bragging, saying, Oh, I am blessed indeed because God is already doing some great things for you. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you've done. I don't care how wrong the person is. God didn't put stipulation on the outpouring of his spirit. He didn't do it. Uh-huh. We'll get a little bit more into that. God didn't say, if you cooperate with me, I'll pour out my spirit. God didn't say, if 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 you trust me, I will pour out my spirit. He says, and it shall come to pass afterwards that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. He didn't give any stipulation for that. He just said he would do it. It establishes. That people can receive wonderful gifts from God on the basis of God's promises. Many of us have experienced the wonderful blessings of God just because God promised He will do it. Not because we're special. Not because we did something to deserve it. But we're receiving it because God said, I made that promise and I'm going to keep my promise. If I say I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it. God is not a man that He should lie. If He said it, so shall it be. And so if God says I'm going to pour out my spirit... If God says I'm gonna bless you, if God made a promise to you, He will keep it, right, Mama Allen? Mm-hmm. If God made you a promise, He gonna keep His promise. Uh huh. You might not keep your promise, but if God, what 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 Mama Allen famous story she always tell? You know how she got saved. She had to have a little procedure and she got a little nervous and she got, she had all right to get nervous because the doctors in Jamaica aren't real good. But she got a little nervous and she said to God, God, if you will get me through this safely, I promise I'll serve you. And of course, God is so good says Amanda. He got her through all good, but she forgot to serve him. she forgot to serve him so she was going about her business doing her thing and one day the Lord just stopped by and says hey I thought you made a promise that if I got you through that thing you'll serve me she she was speechless all she could say is I'm going to serve you I'm going to serve you I'm going to serve you and I don't know how many years later she's serving him still God is good so God is going to keep his promise she wasn't living for God when she asked him for that favor. She wasn't special doing anything in obedience. All she was doing is doing her own thing. And she made and asked God for her help. And God says, okay. And he did it. So don't you get fooled if you're practicing religion and blessings is flowing. And you think that you're all right. Don't let that get to you because that's not the way it works. (laughs) Uh-huh. So one can be religious and still obtain some blessings and gifts from the Lord. The promises of God are unilateral and unconditional. When God makes you a promise, you don't have to do anything. Uh huh. The goodness of God is a means of leading people to repentance. Did, did you know there's a scripture that says it's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance? So if the goodness of God leads us to repentance, it means that we can't be right then because we needed to repent. So God is showing us goodness even when we are living foul. God is showing us goodness even when we're not living right. God is showing us goodness even when we are not living obedient to his word. So you don't have to worry about if God is doing anything special or nice for you. If you're not on track, he's doing it. Because the goodness of the Lord work at repentance. Yes, the goodness of the Lord. When you mess up, I try to take on a lot of things as much as I can from the Lord. And I go crazy on my kids when they do stupid little things. And if they do really bad, big things, I'm the calmest thing. Okay, all right, we're going to work this out. We're going to be fine. We're going to be fine. They do something major, big, bad, that's just how I am. We're going to be fine. Because in my own understanding, listen, this is not something that they normally do. This is something big, and so it must be... You know, it must be a reason why this come about. So I have to be calm. I have to be attentive and loving to get it worked out with my my kids because it's big. But when they do that stuff that we've been over and over and over and over again, I kind of lose it a little bit. Now, I know the Lord don't lose it like I do, but I'm just saying the concept behind it is that when we do really bad things, the goodness of the Lord comes. And some of us miss it and think that keep on doing those things. When, when you know that you've done something that God is not pleased with and you don't experience some great big catastrophe in your life understand that's the goodness of the Lord and that is supposed to cause you to go down on your knees and say God I don't deserve this goodness that you're showing me because what I have done is horrible, what I have done is not right and I don't deserve this goodness that you're showing me but God I understand it's because you're trying to." to." get me to repent and turn from my ways that are not right i thank you for your goodness lord that's what he's trying to get us to do some of us think i got away with that the eyes of the lord Everywhere. What do you think you're getting away with? God is omnipresent. He's present everywhere all at once. We don't get away with anything. He sees it all. He knows it all. We can't escape God. All we need to say is, God, I can see that you're showing me goodness that I don't deserve. Oh, thank you, Jesus, for the goodness you're showing me that I don't deserve. Oh, somebody need to thank God for that. It's the goodness of the Lord while we're here this morning. It's the goodness of the Lord that we did not get consumed. Because we should have been consumed. For the things that we've done before we got saved and after we got saved. The things that we've done, we should have been consumed and destroyed. But the goodness of God led us to repentance. So we can experience goodness from God and still be religious. We can experience goodness from God and still be heathens. We can experience goodness from God and still be sinners. Don't you fool yourself in thinking that God, oh, I must be all right because look what the Lord is doing in my life. I must be all right because look at what he has done for me. It doesn't mean I'm all right. It means it's his goodness. And when he shows me goodness, didn't we go over... Oh, connect the scriptures. Didn't we go over Thursday, the servant that owed his master? Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. You remember, Bob? And so he owed his master. And his master was getting ready to sell him, his wife, and his children. And he said, oh, master, will you be merciful to me? And the master says, all right, don't worry about it. Forget it. I forgive the debt. And I'm not going to sell you nor your children nor your spouse. You're all right. I'm, I'm, just, just go ahead. That was the goodness of his master. It was giving us an example of how Jesus is with us. That was the goodness of his master. He didn't do anything to experience that goodness because he borrowed that money and he owed that money and he was supposed to pay that money. And his master said, don't even worry about it. And God is telling us, you've sinned and come short and you deserve death. But Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. And you know what we do? We continue in our sins as opposed to say, wow, God. That was that, that, that was I that was, that was like so great. You didn't have to do that cuz I didn't deserve that. But that foolish servant never picked up that he was shown goodness that he didn't deserve. It wasn't anything that he didn't earned to get goodness. And so he took that goodness And he didn't show goodness to somebody else. And he went to somebody else that owed him. And instead of him, when that person said, please forgive me, instead of him saying, don't even worry about it, he grabbed him by the throat. I want my money. This Bible, I don't know if you know, we in the Bible. Grab the dude by the throat. I want my money. And so some of the other servants saw and said, oh, yo. Didn't you hear that the master forgave him everything? Look he what he's doing to so and so over there. He got him by the throat, talking about pay up. So he crept back over to his master. Hey, master, your servant. Mary, you forgave him everything, and he was good. And you know, all of a sudden he walked away all happy when you forgave him everything, and he didn't even deserve it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's okay. Well, so and so owed him a little something, something way less than what he owed you. And when he couldn't pay him, instead of him forgiving him. He grabbed him by the throat. Mhm. Mhm. The goodness of the Lord is supposed to make us do good. The goodness of the Lord is not supposed to make us keep doing bad. And that's part of our walk with Christ that we need to turn around. We need to change it and say God I don't deserve goodness but somehow you're still showing me goodness. God I don't deserve these gifts and promises but somehow you're still doing it. And I'm telling you we need to get it together because the grace of God appearing unto all men and as the grace of God appear unto us. That's God's goodness and we better do something with it, uh, we can't be ignorant, uh, we can't be deceived, and uh, thinking that we can keep doing what we want, uh, how we want, uh, being religious, our attempt to govern God, uh, we have to stop and say, wait a minute, uh, God, uh, you're giving us uh, a, a whole lot of blessings, and showing us kindness, uh, and showing us goodness, uh, God, uh, I know I need to straighten up, uh, God, I know I need to repent, uh, God, I know I need to give myself, uh, and say, here I am, Lord, uh, God, I know I can't keep going like that uh, because sooner or later that goodness will run out Amen. what's going to happen to us when we stand before the Lord uh, and the Lord says I can I the Lord probably just have his hand stretched out when we stand before what does he it's nothing for him to say if we miss uh, if we miss out on this 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 these gifts and promises and opportunity God has given us what, what is he supposed to say when we show up in front of him in heaven? He's just going to have the shoulders. All he got to say is, I don't have any more words. That's all he got to do, give me the shoulder. I don't have any more words. Because all the goodness I showed you, you just kind of kept on doing what you want. What you think you can take advantage of me? Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. And so what God is doing, don't think you can get away and talk about, oh, I can beat the system. Ain't no system of God that we can beat. We can beat man's system, but we can't beat God's system. If we're going to get this thing together, we got to realize God is showing us goodness no matter what. In spite of us, he's showing us The gift of the Holy Spirit, while essential, while it's an essential part of the salvation experience, it is also given for reasons other than salvation. This is why that gift is free. This is why this gift of the Holy Spirit is, is God has said, I have to give it to you. It's a gift from me. Don't even worry about it. I'm going to pour out my spirit. I'm going to give it to you. Here's one reason why he had to give it to us. John 16, verse 13. How be it when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into. So one of the reasons for the Holy Spirit is so you can be guided in all th- truth. So remember and understand that we don't know a lot of truth. We just know a little bit of truth. And only the truth will make us free. Come on, am, I, am I telling you what the word says? And so the bottom line is, we're getting this gift called the, the, the gift of the Holy Spirit. And God is saying, yeah, you need it for salvation. You have to have the Holy Spirit if you're going to have salvation. But I'm also giving it to you and you don't have to do anything special to receive it. Because you only have just a tad wee bit of truth. And in order for you to be saved and to be free, you need All truth. And so I'm giving you this spirit. I'm giving you my spirit. I'm giving you myself. So you will be able to be guided. And so while you may not be all the way there where you need to be, while you might not be living the way you need to live, uh, the Holy Spirit will guide you into that. And as the Holy Spirit is guiding you, you're getting more truth. Uh, And so you are being given this gift by God so you can know God even more. So now you understand why he would just... I'm going to pour out upon everybody. Because how are you going to know him? How are you going to experience him in a more intimate way without the spirit? You can't. The day cometh where we will worship him in spirit and in truth. So if we're going to know God. We need his spirit. So that's why he freely give it to us. Woo! you've been to school for a minute there this morning so now you know god is giving gifts now you know god is 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 is, is blessings is flowing in people's life that may be religious that may be heathens that may live in rebellion of god so my title today is this so what is the difference what is the difference why are we doing the stuff that we do, huh? Why are we living the way we're li- Who told you to do it the way you're doing it? Or why is so-and-so way better than your way? What is the difference? Went through all that to ask the question. The difference is an eight-letter word called covenant. The difference is an eight-letter word called covenant. Get ready, come right in your living room. Jeremiah 31, verse 31 says, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will make a, a new. I like that word new. Because you can't have new if you didn't have something old. Help me, Jesus. So the reason why he says new is because there was something old. And so let me stop you and say this so you can notice real clear. God deals with us on the basis of a covenanted relationship. That's how he's always done it. He doesn't do it any other way. If you want to go through scripture, even in Genesis, if you look at it closely, you'll see Adam and God was in a covenanted relationship. It was by covenant that they had relations. Oh, help me somebody. Don't get quiet. I'm going somewhere. We're almost there. And so that's the way God has always dealt with his creation through covenant. So he said, I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers. So you know there was a covenant that was made previously. It says not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt. Man, there's so much stuff that I want to just blurt out. I can't. It's just so good. This stuff is so, God is so precise and so specific. He said he brought them out according to the covenant that he made with them. I'm going to jump ahead of myself and say it anyhow. You can get gifts and blessings from God because he says I'm going to do it and you don't have to do anything to earn it but if you want to be saved if you want to be brought across the Red Sea If you want to experience some stuff, you have to get in covenant. And so if you're going to settle with the blessings, if you're going to settle with those things that God has done to make you say, wow, this is good. If you're going to settle with religion where you're trying to control God and you're experiencing some blessing and thinking that you're doing all right, if you want to go with that, you're going to miss out on some really special things. took them out of the land of Egypt which my covenant they break some of us are covenant people but we have broken his covenant he says although I was a husband unto them saith the Lord but this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, saith the Lord, I will put my woo, my law in their inward parts and write it in their heart and will be their God and they shall be my people. So, I don't know if this should have been Bible study or what, but take it as, as it is. So remember in Joel chapter 2 verse twenty eight he said he will pour out his spirit, no stipulation, but he also now come back with this and said, My covenant, I'm gonna give my law. he's talking about the Holy Spirit just the same that I will give it to my covenanted people. now, the covenanted people here, here's here's the difference, man God, Holy Ghost. So so he, he, here, here is, he said, in their inward parts, and write it in their hearts, and will be their God, and they shall be my people. And they shall teach no more every man his neighbor, and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for ye shall know me from the least of them unto the greatest of them, saith the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquity, and I will remember their sin no more. The covenanted people that will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit will not live in sin. The covenanted people that receive the gift of the Holy Spirit will not just live any kind of way. Will, they will not be religious. And so here is the confusion. Many of us might have the Holy Spirit, but some is living the way they want, Brother Sam. they're just doing what they want, and they're thinking, what's the difference? What's the difference? I have it, you have it, I'm blessed, you blessed. What's the difference? The difference is I've got a covenant with him and you have broken it. The difference is i got special, special privileges that you don't. The difference is I won't live in sin and you will. The difference is he will forgive me of my sins and you won't. The difference is I will know him and you won't. You will just be running around on fumes of blessings. You will just be running around on trinkets and the Spirit. And every once in a while you're talking tongues and think you're all right. But I'm here to tell you, God has always done business by covenanted relationship. And if you're going to walk with God and experience His power, you're going to have to be in a covenanted relationship. Oh my God. I feel it in my bones. I don't know what to tell you, church, but we have to get into that covenant with the Lord and stay in that covenant with the Lord. Our world has gone astray and decided we're gonna do what we want and say it's still about God. We're gonna live how we want and still say we're Christians. We're gonna do, uh, we're gonna be religious now that we know what religion is. Is uh, we're gonna live religious, meaning we're gonna tell God uh, what we expect uh, and believe that we are doing all right. That's what we've done. That's what we've done. And so, we're all over the place now. And so, you want to know what's the difference? you want to go on Facebook? You want to go talk to your friends now? And and, and now that you know the difference, one is all about covenant. The other one is blessings that will just be temporary because you will not experience eternity with Jesus Christ when you're just going off of the the blessings or the gifts or the promises. You, 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 You need to get into the covenant if you want to experience eternity in Him. If you want to experience all of what He has for you, uh, it's gonna to have to be by covenant. Help us, Lord. The opportunity and ability to enter into covenant with God is a gift. Remember? His goodness work at repentance. And so he show us goodness, and instead of us take the opportunity and the advantage and enter into covenant, we just keep on being religious. Trying to control God. And and tell ourselves, no, 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 God is my God. Yeah, that's why you're doing what you want and not what he says, but he's your God. Listen, God revealing himself to us is a gift. You don't have to do anything to earn that. Conviction of the depth of our sin nature is a gift. Being led to truth is a gift. The repentance, his goodness will lead us to, is a gift. Remission of sins is a gift. The infilling of the Holy Spirit is a gift. Righteousness is a gift because you don't have righteousness. It's his righteousness. So when you get right and you begin to serve, He, he gives you his righteousness. So you don't even have your own righteousness. It's a gift. And our final translation into his image will also be a gift. Entering into covenant with God is conditional. Covenant is conditional. If you're not in covenant, there's no conditions. Now you understand, Sister Arabia, why people can just do how they want, and live how they want, and say, Well, I got a relationship. You might know about God, you might be experiencing some things from God. But you ain't in no covenant with God. Because when you ain't in covenant, you can't do whatever you want. It's conditional. Tell your neighbor, covenant is conditional. I'm getting ready to go. I'm I'm done. I'm going to close. I'm going to close. Certainly the covenanted people are recipients of all promises. When you're not in covenant with God, you get some promises. When you're not in covenant with God, you get some promises. And you deceive yourself in thinking that you got, or you on the right track? When God had made promises that you couldn't stop even if you want. So when you're not in covenant with God, you have some promises. Some gifts. But when you're in covenant with God, you get all the promises. All the gifts. You can have some or you can have all. But not everyone who receives some of the promises are the covenanted people. The covenant with the body of Christ incorporates all the promises but the but but none of the promises incorporates the covenant the promises are in the covenant not the covenant in the promises so you can have promises and not in covenant but when you're in covenant promises automatically flow you get everything so what is this covenant thing this covenant thing A covenant with God is an agreement between you and him Mm -hmm. that involves promises on the part of each of you. So when you get in a covenant with God, there is an agreement that says, I'm going to do this, and God says, I'm going to do this. There's an agreement going on. There's a a covenanted relationship. That's going on here. Listen to this. A covenant is a permanent arrangement. When you enter into a covenant, it is a permanent arrangement. Uh, A covenant covers a person's total being. A contract I can sign with you will have an expiration date. A contract I can sign with you will be just about a, a, a skill that I have to offer and you have to offer. A covenant is a whole different ballgame. It's an agreement that includes our whole entire being. Our whole person. And it's permanent. uh Ah. Uh, ah. Uh. Help us, Lord. There's always a ceremonial process for covenant. We know the Jewish males were circumcised as a sign of the Jews' covenant with God. Circumcision was an expression of Israel's national, our national identity. And was a requirement for all Jewish men, circumcision cutting off the foreskin of the you know was physical reminder to the Jews of their national heritage and privileges. It symbolized cutting off the old life of sin, purifying one heart, and dedicating oneself to God and so Covenant, there was always a sign to say, I have entered into covenant. There was this initiation, this, this ceremonial uh, ceremony that you have to say, I've entered into covenant. Today, baptism, invoking the name of Jesus Christ over the person as you baptize them, is that expression of initiating and entering in into covenant with Jesus Christ. When we are baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, we identify with his death, burial, and resurrection, and circumcision of heart, and the cutting off of sin, and leaving that old lifestyle behind, and embracing the new life ahead. And so, I close with this. So, the difference is covenant. What is the difference? The difference is covenant. Listen to me. A marriage between a man and a woman is an example Of a covenant relationship with Christ. Listen to me. Can anyone who is in a healthy marriage relationship do whatever he wants or do whatever she wants? When you're in a marriage, there was a covenant. As a single man or a single woman, you can do whatever you want. But when you get into a marriage, can you do whatever you want? If you say you can do whatever you want, it means that covenant has been broken. Because you can't do whatever you want. You can't look however you want. You can't say whatever you want. And you can't act however you want when you're in a marriage relationship. So Sister Crystal, or should I say Sister Hasker, listen to me. When we get into covenant relationship with Jesus Christ, we can't do whatever we want. I love this. We can't act however we want. We can't say whatever we want. We can't look however we want. Come on, somebody. I know you better get up and say, God, I thank you for the covenant relationship because it stops us from doing whatever we want. It stops us from looking however we want. It stops us from wearing whatever we want. You don't want to like this. You ready for this? Y'all too ready for this? Because you can't do whatever you want. You can't act however you want. You can't say whatever you want. I tell people all the time, I do my very best to control this tongue uh, when I get frustrated with my wife or my kids uh, because you can't take it back once it go out. When you ain't married to somebody, you can tell them off and keep on stepping and it don't matter. You do that to your spouse, you're going to have to deal with that. So, how are we going to say we're in covenant relationship with Jesus Christ and do whatever we want and look however we want and say whatever we want and decide when we go to church and how we go. Oh, you got quiet on me now. You don't like this part because all the other parts sound good. Blessings always sound good. But you don't want responsibility. Well, the creator, almighty, Jesus Christ, He's not giving no free lunches. His his, his he went to the cross. He bled for you. (laughs) Uh, He went through a whole lot for you. So you got to do something. uh, And for us to think that we can do whatever we want. uh, And live however we want. uh, And say whatever we want. uh, And look however we want. uh, And treat people however we want. uh, The Lord Himself uh, will not accept it. uh, And if you do that, uh, you have broken covenant. uh, Or you're not even in covenant with Him stand to your feet what is the difference the difference is covenant and so now if you want to narrow it down and really come to a, 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 a come to Jesus moment now you know what is the difference the difference is if I'm in covenant there's some promises that I have to abide by Because he has made some promises to me. He has made promises to me, so I'm going to have to abide by some promises. He says he's going to put his law in my inward part. He promised me that. He promised me that I will be delivered from sin. He promised me that I will spend eternity with him. He will deliver me. In today's modern day, he'll bring me across the Red Sea. Woo. Woo. Holy Ghost is helping me today. So, (laughs) Jesus. (laughs) Y'all want to hear what the Holy Ghost just just dropped in my spirit as I'm walking now? He parted the blue sea. He parted the yellow sea. Or was it what? What was it? Of all the seas in the world, it was called the Red Sea that he parted for them to get out. I don't understand. Sometimes I'm just like amazed at God. Why was the sea that he parted to bring about salvation for his people to come out of Egypt into the land? Why was it of all seas? Oh, 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 oh God. I don't know if we're gonna get this and realize this stuff is serious. It's the real deal. God is amazing and powerful. He's really all-knowing. He's from everlasting to everlasting. He is the King, eternal, immortal. He is the only wise God. He is the only true and living God. He is the Lord God Almighty. He knows your thoughts are far off. He is the creator of everything. Do you really believe that? Do do you really believe that one day He will appear? He will appear in the sky, and we will be caught up to meet Him in the air, the covenanted people. You want to test God, or you just gonna fall in line? Because you, you, that's, a, that's a no-win situation when you test God. That's a no-win situation to think that you know. This is a no-win situation to think you can go in your own way and you're gonna come out on top. It's a no-win situation. We might as well just get on board with him. Because this dude, man, woo! This dude is something else. I've always taught and preached that the way how they got through the Red Sea, that God was showing us something to come, which was baptism. I've always taught that. But he just told me just now, it was Red Sea, son. It, it, It wasn't the Blue Sea. It wasn't the Dead Sea. Son, it was Red Sea. I didn't get that from there. Maybe you had the revelation already, but I just got my revelation just now. He said it was the Red Sea. Just like Rahab put down the scarlet thread, Red. I got that part. I don't know why I never thought about this one until now. I'm walking down here and it says, Red Sea. I brought them out of their sin through Red Sea. I've brought them out of bondage through Red Sea. I've brought them out of their captivity through Red Sea. God wants covenanted relationships. He's not after anything but covenant. And so while we can experience blessings and gifts and all kind of provisions while we can experience that that's not what god is after he's after a covenanted relationship where you and him will enter into an agreement of promises I promise I will love you, Lord. I promise I will honor you. The Haskers just got married the other day and they had to make promises. Oh, my God. Go back to all the marriages and remember when you stood and you start saying your vow, that was a covenant you were entering into. It was a covenant. You made promises of what you would do. And the other person made a promise of what they would do. It's a covenant. And God is so good that he can't mess up his part. He can't make a mistake. He can't not keep anything that he said he would do. If anything get messed up, it's on our part. And God is so good that he will say, you've broken the covenant, but you can restore that covenant, brother you've broken the covenant but you can restore that covenant sister. God is good like that that he will say to you we can restore this I didn't do anything and break any promises that I promised on my behalf in that covenant but you have but I will extend to you just like I was so good to you in just giving you blessings and gifts and and, and I was doing all those good things to you before you were in covenant don't you think I will restore the covenant with you if you got into covenant with me and messed it up. If he was that good to you when you was not in covenant with him, how much better will he be when you enter into covenant with him? You won't get some of the blessings. You will get all of the blessings. You won't get some of the gifts. You will get all of of the gifts. When you enter into covenant with him, it's all because guess what? The covenanted relationship is covered with your entire being. It, it it covers the entirety of who you are as a person. So God will give you the entirety of what He has for you. Not some. Not a little here, not a little there. And so God wants us today to renew our covenant. Restore our covenant or enter into covenant with him today. That's what he's after. That's what he wants from us. He wants us to be in a covenanted relationship with him. Not a Facebook relationship. Because a Facebook relationship, a public relationship is just blessings. And gifts that will flow into your life. But promise of eternity, promise of sin being removed, promise of deliverance, they're not a part of the uncovenanted people's gifts and blessings. And so I would like for you to take this moment and get your entire mind and heart right. So you can restore, renew, or enter into covenant with God. We're still in the early part of the year. Today is the first Sunday in February. We've got a whole long way to go in 2019. Things can change just like that today for you. If you will trust God, if you will do what God wants you to do, things can change immediately for you. And so why don't you go before the Lord just for a moment this afternoon and seek his face and seek to hear from him today. God has already spoken through the Logos. I've already received a word from him as I was ministering to you you can receive a word from him aside from the Logos that you have received. You can receive a rhema from him right now. If you will enter into prayer right now, if you will enter into worship right now, if you will enter into a place with the Lord right now of establishing covenant, then you can hear from the Lord today. And you can leave out of this place differently. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you for revealing to us what is the difference for lord oftentimes we have gone our way and not really understand the difference not really understand why is things required of us but today lord god we've embraced that lord we are supposed to be in a covenanted relationship with you and in a covenant There are promises agreed upon that we will execute. There are things that are agreed upon that both parties will agree that they will execute, that they will do. And so today, Lord God, I thank you for revealing truth to us. I thank you, Lord God, for speaking truth to us. And oh God, I pray that the hearts of your people will be touched and that none will be offended by you. That none will be offended by your word. That none, Lord God, will back away from you because of truth. But Lord, that they their eyes will be open and their heart will be open and that they will embrace and say yes to your will and yes to your way and and trust you and obey you and Lord God uh, with all gladness uh, oh God enter into covenant with you uh, with all gladness Lord God uh, allow you to do what you have already promised you will do uh, today Lord Jesus I pray that covenants uh, will be restored uh, I pray that covenants, Lord God, will be renewed. I pray, Lord God, that people will enter into covenant with you today. And that, God, there will be no turning back. There will be no looking back. That, Lord, we will go forth in covenant. And, Lord God, that we will do what we have promised to do. We promise that we will repent of our sins. And we will, Almighty God, take on your name. We promise that we will be Worshipers. We promise that we will love and obey you. We promise, Lord God, that we will follow after you and be disciple makers. We promise, Lord God, that we will pray and commune with you. We promise, Lord God, that we will reproduce ourselves as disciples, Lord God. We promised, Lord God, when we entered into covenant with you. Now, God, I pray that you will help us to go forth and ex- and establish that covenant In the name of Jesus Christ I pray today That somebody will say Yes Lord to your will And yes Lord to your way Let there be a renewing oh God Of covenants Let there be oh God restoration Of covenants I pray today in the name of Jesus And Lord as you have given us Opportunities oh, oh God To come and God Renew and restore our covenants that we will be gracious enough to give others the same courtesy. Will you touch us today? Will you move on us today? Will you help us today, Lord God, to treat our relationship with you? As we are supposed to. It is supposed to be a covenant. It is supposed to be a covenant. It is supposed to be a covenant. Will somebody call on the name of the Lord today? Will somebody push a little more than normal? Will somebody go a little deeper? Will somebody call on the name of the Lord and understand that we want to be in covenant? Oh God, have your way. Lord Jesus, have your way today. Lord, we need you. We need your touch, Lord God. We need your help, Lord God. Save our souls, oh mighty God, that we will not die in our sins. Save our souls, oh God, that we will not, oh God, be destroyed. Oh God, we, oh God, commit our ways to you when we say, God, we want to be in covenant. We want to have, oh God, right relationship with you. And so, Lord, we pray and ask today that you will help us. Oh somebody, will you just trust the Lord today? Will somebody yield themselves to God today? Will somebody say yes uh, to God's will? Will somebody say yes uh, to whatever God is saying to you today? Uh, Will you trust him? Uh, Will you do whatever he ever commanded? Uh, Oh, will you do what you have agreed to when you entered into covenant with him? Oh my God, Have have your way, have your way, have your way, have your way, have your way. Oh, we love you Jesus, we love you Jesus, we love you Jesus. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Lord, we give you the praise. We give you the honor today. We give you the praise. We give you the honor today, Lord. We give you the praise and the honor.